That's Acts chapter 11, starting from verse 1. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them, as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to St. John's. Uh, If you are new here with us this morning, my name is Aaron. I'm the assistant pastor, assistant minister here. Um, May I introduce you to um, Chinese Kung Fu? Or, or Chinese martial art, or wushu, uh, for those who like to get technical uh, and be politically correct about the terminology. Um, well, when I was um, in year nine back in New Zealand, uh, I went to a boys' school. As you can imagine, bullying is quite common uh, amongst the boys. Uh, my friend, who had been bullied before, He told me to learn a few moves. (coughs) He said to me, you know what, Aaron? Um, When others pick on you, push you around, or try to pick a fight, you want to show them that you are not to be messed with. Uh, You strike first. Uh, And he told me from experience, often by calmly getting himself into a cool kung fu stance, maybe, maybe like this. Or something. Uh, other kids would go, ooh, Chinese Kung Fu. Uh, and then they'd think twice before they throw their punches at you. You know, I couldn't be more happy for anyone in the world to acknowledge that Chinese Kung Fu is the best martial art in the world. You might not agree with me. That, that's fine. I'm, I'm cool with that. But even better, uh, if you ever decide decide to, to also learn uh, some Chinese Kung Fu uh, and be part of the community, I'll be thrilled. Like, the best thing, why not? 
your soul will come to do that. But the world wasn't like this before. Did you know that? Uh, for a long, long time, some of the best wushu uh, had been kept secret. Uh, on a smaller scale, you have selfish masters uh, keeping the most deadly moves to themselves, uh, lest their students become better and then overpower them and then you know, shame them. And on a, on a larger scale, it is seen as a national treasure. It's national pride, really. And so the art of fighting had been kept secret, hidden within China for centuries. And we probably have to thank people like Bruce Lee uh, for breaking the tradition to take on non-Chinese students. Um, and then Bruce Lee himself, uh, along with people like Jackie Chan or Michelle Yeoh, uh, the famous martial artists, um, they made Chinese Kung Fu famous and popular um, through the medium of films on the big screens. And Chinese Kung Fu is just like Chinese food. Um, why would you keep something so good hidden? You know, that's just wrong. And keeping it all to yourself, it, it's meant to be shared. And you've probably, probably guessed where I'm going with this. Uh, for the Israelites, they take pride uh, for being God's people, God's chosen people. Whether they fully understood what that means or not, they knew they are different. They are set apart. Uh, they are different from the Gentiles, from the foreigners, from the outsiders. No doubt, they love to see people from all over the world to come to recognize that their God is the most high God. And they love, they also love seeing people come and bow down before this most high God. But that's about as far as it goes. They, th they thought because they are God's chosen people, everyone else was second-rated. Second um, they've even called the Gentiles dogs at times. Before I, before I go further, let's say a quick prayer. Our loving Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, open our eyes and our hearts so that we can see the wonders of your love through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you still have your Bible with you, um, we are on page 1105. 1105. Um, do keep it open. It's going to be helpful. So in, in many ways, Acts chapter 10 and 11 were about the, the conversion of Peter. Uh, he, he himself broke away from the traditional Jewish worldview. As his conversion surprised and shocked other circumcised believers, uh, those native Jewish believers, um, they, they went to Peter and said, what? Peter went into the house of uncircumcised men and, and ate with them? That's just so wrong. In verse 3, uh, in chapter 11, can you imagine Peter responded to them saying, yep, you've heard it right. Indeed, I've been into the house of the uncircumcised man 
and I ate with them. How cool was that? Uh, verse 4, Peter goes on to explain what had happened. It's as if Peter was sharing his testimony. Uh, <clears throat> it's Peter recalling what had happened back in chapter 10. So chapter 11 is the shortened version of ch chapter 10. And he told the story to the Jews so that they can understand why he did what he did. And to help remember us, to help remember this better, uh, let's go with three words um, that rhyme. So, so that sounds, sounds, cool, sounds cool anyway. Uh, prayer, care, and share. Firstly, prayer. So verse 5, Peter began telling the story. He told circumcised believers that he was praying uh, from the previous chapter, chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. So you can just look to the left. It's right there. Um, we could tell that it was around lunchtime. He was waiting for the food to be prepared. He was hungry. Uh, he went up to the roof to pray. Presumably, he wanted to have some personal space so that he could concentrate on spending time with God in prayer. And the, the narrative doesn't tell us what Peter had, what was praying about. But we could speculate. He might have been praying as Jesus instructed uh, to ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. Because in the previous chapters, Peter and, and the apostles have seen so many people come to faith to a point that they, they, they just really couldn't handle everything. So they had to appoint seven helpers um, so that they could focus um, in prayer and in word, word ministry. Uh, he might have been following Jesus' teaching and used the Lord's Prayer as his framework for, for when he was praying. Maybe he was simply spending time praying up on the roof to draw near to God and just to enjoy being in his presence. So many possibilities. Uh, we just don't know because he didn't say. But one thing we know was that when he was spending time in prayer, God met him where he was at. Uh, Cornelius also prayed. Uh, it's not seen in, in chapter 11, but if you look at chapter 10, uh, verse 4, you can see that he was praying. And this is actually a very significant and interesting detail. Um, you might have come across people asking you about how, how unfair it is for those who've never heard of Jesus. You know, people are asking you, like, how can, how, how can they be saved if they've, they've never heard about Jesus? And well, I, find, I find it hard to fully answer that question to people's satisfaction. But um, here's a good example of how God works. You see, the Bible does repeatedly tell us that God is, the, is a God who, who is delight um, for people to, to know him. So he, he always goes above and beyond to make himself known to people. And the Bible also tells us that if someone seeks God with all their hearts, um, they will find God. So Cornelius was one of those who sought God 
wholeheartedly. And God answered his prayer by bringing Peter to him to share the good news of Jesus with him. Um, maybe both Peter praying and Cornelius praying was a good indicator of what we could, how, of, of where we could start. Um, so we spent time in prayer and in the word so that our love for God would grow. And as we get to know God more, um, we love him more. And that's how relationship works. Then as we start to think about how we want others to also come to know uh, this God, this amazing God we know, um, this amazing God who we have relationship with, maybe you could also start praying for, for them by name. Maybe pray, pray for your um, five in focus uh, on your way out. Just that little bookmark thingy. You've got space for five names. Maybe that's where you could start praying for. Maybe you could pray for your neighbors, uh, for your friends, your colleagues, your family members. Uh, or maybe pray even for those who have wronged you or hurt you. Pray that people will seek God like Colinius sought God. Pray that the gospel message will reach those who do seek God. And pray that God will work in people's hearts. Pray that when people hear God's word, they would respond and believe in Jesus Christ who also died for their sins. And by believing, they too can become children of God. Pray for yourselves too. And as you read God's word, you'd come to care what God cares. Which leads us to our second point. Care. So prayer, care, share, care. Right. Uh, Peter goes on to talk about the vision he saw. Verse, verses 5 to 10 in chapter 11. And Peter told us that he saw this vision three times. God told Peter, don't call anything impure that God has made clean. Three times. Whenever you see the Bible uh, communicated things three times, uh, you might want to read it again. It's a way of saying this is very important and, and whoever says, says it really meant it. So in, in Old Testament time, God's people were given strict instructions of what they can eat or what they cannot eat. Unclean animals represent, uh, represented pagan nations. So by not eating any of the unclean animals, it taught God's people to make a distinction between what is clean and unclean or what is holy and unholy. It was a unique way God uses to help the Israelites with their godly living. For example, if you don't like Chinese food, um, you, probably, you probably won't ever go into a Chinese household for a meal. And because of that, as a result, Chinese culture is less likely to influence you. So food served as a means to keep God's people protected from godless influences. Uh, by not eating any of the unclean animals uh, other pagan nations eat, 
they are keeping themselves clean from the outside godless influences. And the Jews take pride in their efforts to keep themselves from being defiled. Um, now here in Joppa, God told Peter to get up, kill those unclean animals, and eat. And God told Peter, it's okay, because he had made them clean. And God did that three times. But the problem is, uh, keeping myself set apart from godless influences doesn't mean I then shut the door and stop influencing the godless people. Uh, I'll say that again, see if that makes sense. Uh, keeping myself set apart from godless influences doesn't mean I then shut the door and stop influencing the godless people out there. See, God's people meant to be a light for the Gentiles. Um, they are meant to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. But instead, they've kept it, they've kept it, kept it all to themselves. They've missed the point. Um, the food law was to help set them apart from the godless influences of the surrounding pagan cultures. But it doesn't mean they could use that as an excuse to look, look down on Gentiles and then deem them unworthy of God's salvation. And that was the problem for, for the Jews. So by, by stating that all foods are now clean, uh, God was giving Peter a green light to take the good news to the nations. And it also serves as a reminder that God cares and, and God loves the Gentiles as much as he loved the Jews. And verse 9, um, we should not call anything or anyone impure that God was made clean. And I couldn't help but to think of prophet Jonah uh, from the Old Testament when I was reading these two chapters. And I think Peter probably would, would be thinking uh, of Jonah as he was praying, as he was encountering this vision, and as he was hearing what God told him to do. And if you remember Jonah's story, uh, it's a very similar encounter, really. God also spoke to Jonah, and God gave him a direct command. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach, the pe to, to preach to people there. And Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria, one of Israelites' biggest enemies. And to preach to the people there was to give them a chance to repent. And Jonah didn't want that. He'd rather that God would just smite them and wipe them out of the face of the earth. Um, I mean, can you, can you imagine God being so concerned about the positive future of a nation such as Assyria when they are one of the biggest threats to the existence of God's own people? So Jonah ran away, and he boarded a ship at Joppa to begin his fleeing journey. Here we have Peter, also in Joppa. Hearing God's calling, um, God calls him to a Gentile's household, to the household of Cornelius. And do you know who Cornelius is? He is um, a Roman army officer. He's a centurion. 
Um, so, you know, Roman Empire is their present oppressor of God's people in, at Peter's time. So Peter, he also had to make a, a choice whether he would go or not. So Peter prayed, and God used this vision to teach Peter that God loves even those people whom they hated or despised, and that he could also care for those who God cares. Then what did Peter do as a result? Well, I think you probably all guessed it right again. Let's share. Uh, Peter obeyed and went to Caesarea to share God's good news to the Gentiles. Uh, so share, our last point. Share means you are giving something to someone so that both parties can have the same thing at the same time. That's what share means. Uh, in our context, in, in our uh, chapter 11 and 10, um, share means you make Jesus known. Verse 14 uh, in chapter 11. We bring the message through which people would be saved, just like you and I are saved. So Peter obeyed God and went to Caesarea to where Cornelius was. And before people, before Peter started uh, sharing, I'm, I'm, I'm quite certain that he didn't know if Cornelius would actually accept Jesus. But his job was simply to bring the message to him. Um, if you flick, the, no, no, you don't flick, just look to the left, uh, to the previous page in, in chapter 10 again. Uh, from verses 39 to 43 with me, um, you, you'll be able to see what exactly did Peter share. So verse 39. Uh, Peter spoke about Jesus who died on the cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day. And, and Peter told Cornelius and his household that Jesus is the one judging the living and the dead. And that whoever believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And that was what Peter preached. Um, the Holy Spirit went into their hearts was the evidence that they did receive Peter's message. And that's brilliant. It's awesome. So like, likewise, our job is simply to share Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit and leave the result to God. Uh, sometimes people come to faith with you as you share, like, like Peter with Cornelius. Um, it's so encouraging to see results immediately after, right after you shared. Uh, but sometimes people don't repent. They won't, they won't believe uh, right there and then with you. But don't, don't despair. Um, my dad prayed for my grandfather for 17 years before he came to faith. And then my wife, Ruth, uh, it took her mom 24 years of praying before Ruth's dad came to acknowledge Jesus as his Lord and Savior. We just don't know what stage people are at. You know, when you share with them, you don't know where they are at. But remember, 
Cornelius was already seeking God when Peter brought the gospel to him. Now his heart was already ripe to receive Jesus Christ. And maybe by faith, you shared Jesus with your friend courageously, uh, but it could be the first time they actually heard about Jesus. So they've never heard about Jesus before. So they might not be ready to give their lives to Jesus just yet. But that's okay. Um, Apostle Paul reminded us that there are those who planted the gospel seed and someone else might come along to water it. But ultimately, God is the one making it grow. So remember, success in sharing is simply share Jesus. Um, like people, like, like Peter did, uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and leave the result to God. So before we end in prayer, would you um, close your eyes? But don't go to sleep. Uh, close your eyes with me and think, want to think about prayer, care, share. As you think about prayer, think about your own relationship with God. Is there anything that hinders you from enjoying being with his presence? Then think about is there someone God placed on your heart whom you could start praying for? Pray and ask God to teach us to love and cultivate in our hearts a compassion for those God cares. Then think about care. As God placed in your heart that's someone who, who he wants you to care for. Think about how can you find out how that person is doing and where that person is at. And you might start to notice different needs that you could help meet practically to show them God's love, to show them that God cares. But ultimately, the greatest need people have is a relationship with God. So think about how you could trust God for opportunities to share his love with them. And as you trust God and grasp those opportunities, how you might um, ask God to help you and to give you clarity as you boldly proclaim the gospel. Let us pray. Loving Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you are the God who shows no favoritism. Thank you that your salvation is free for all, for the Jews and for the Gentiles alike. Thank you that you offered each of us opportunities to hear and to respond to your gospel. Help us, Lord, to grow in our love for you and for the world, so that we can help bring your gospel of salvation to them. In Jesus' gracious name we pray. Amen.